Hello, everybody, and welcome to It's Time for Affordable Housing. I'm your favorite host, LaShondra Graves, and I'm the apartment lady, founder of Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation. Uh, apartment Housing Rentals Foundation is a 501c3 organization, and we specialize in eviction prevention, second chance rental, and affordable home buying. Okay, you guys already know that. But what I want to talk about today is inflation, okay? Inflation, oh my gosh inflation. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because, you know, because everything that's going on, I made 2020, people want to forget that 2020 even happened, right? But it's hard to forget something that happened when the results of 2020 um, continues to seep into 2021, right? So before I get started, um, I'm just going to do a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now with praise and thanksgiving, saying thank you for your grace and your mercy, love, understanding, and wisdom in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, before I come before your throne, I ask you to forgive my sins and the sins of the souls that's under the sound of my voice, even until this very second. Now, Father, you said if I put my plans before you, you will establish them. Here are my plans, okay? I plan to give out accurate information. I plan to give it to hearts that are open to receive the seeds that I'm planting. And I plan for them to understand it. This is my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, you guys, let's talk about inflation. So you already know, every time a term or something come on my mind, I do a whole bunch of research. So I'm researching, researching, researching. And I found out that, yeah. People are talking about the 2021 inflation and it made sense to me. So as I'm in these meetings with these uh, different organizations and I'm presenting to these different boards and legislators and things like that, I, um, I can't help but bring up the word inflation when I try to explain the problem that we're facing in the rental industry. And so I'm like, wow. I keep talking about inflation and I'm, I'm explaining it because it really makes sense. Cause what I see going on right now is money is being put into the economy and it's being put into the economy because they want to spur the growth of the, the economy. I mean, you know, um, the job rate, the unemployment rate went up to 6%. And I said, I thought, um, they, I read something that said it was 1.6% a year ago and now it's 6%. Um, so with that loss of income and all of those businesses, small to medium sized businesses shutting down because of these stay at home orders, of course, um, the government would try to put, in, put money into the economies to spur, you know, the, the spending and things like that. Right. Because it was really tight in 2020, right? <laughs> really, really tight. However, um, during this recent, um, during this recent um, act, the what is that? The American Rescue Plan. You know, everybody got uh, fourteen hundred dollars, and if you had a dependent, you got an extra fourteen hundred dollars for each dependent. Then they did all of these child uh, tax credits for the refunds, so you can get all those different uh, tax credits for your um, for your dependents with your income tax refund. Then they extended the um, pandemic unemployment assistance. So that's been extended. So this is money that's going out, right? This is money that the Federal Reserve is really spending, okay? And then they put the money, they put a, another um, 
27 or uh, $30 billion into the rental assistance fund. And you know, the, the, the last $25 billion that was put into the rental assistance fund was in December. And in December, people got the um, stimulus payment, $600 stimulus payment. They got a, um, another uh, payment for their um, dependents and the unemployment insurance was extended. And then on top of that, the other money that's going out is the paycheck protection laws and the EIDLs. And so a lot of money is going out. But right now in March, a lot came out at one time, right? So there's a whole bunch of money getting circulated into the economy at one time. And businesses, um, the creation of small businesses and so forth really grew. I really need to get those numbers. I'm going to see how much it grew. But, um, and so with that creation of the small businesses that grew during 2020, um, there, you know, the paycheck protection long is being, you know, utilized, right? And so there's a lot of money, you know, guys, there's a lot of money going into the economy. And I'm like, what is that going to do? Wow. What is that going to do? Well, having all that money going into the economy is only going to cause an inflation because they got to get it back. You guys, not only do they have to get it back, but they have to protect the price of the dollar. I mean, the more money gets into circulation, you guys, um, the lower the price of the dollar is. And in order to bring that dollar, that dollar amount up or the price of that dollar, the value of that dollar up, you have to, um, raise the prices of the products. So I'm just going to read, uh, some blurbs from some articles that I got about inflation. And the first thing I want to do is I want to explain to you what inflation is, because if you're not uh, following the economy, um, that way, uh, you breathe, I mean, inflation. Okay. Inflation. That's not a common word for the everyday person or whatever. So let me explain to you what it is, because I want you to keep up with what I'm talking about. So I'm getting this definition from informationstation.org, informationstation.org. And I'll just read a couple paragraphs. And it says, if you ever want, if you ever wonder why the price of goods and services are continually increasing, well, you're not alone. Many Americans often wonder the same question. In short, the answer is something called inflation. Inflation is defined as the rate at which the cost of goods or services increase, although prices can fluctuate for a number of reasons, inflation is generally a result of an increase in the supply of money, commonly due to the actions taken by the Federal Reserve. In short, as more money becomes available, the purchasing power of a single dollar drops. As the value of currencies decrease, the price of goods and services seemingly increase. Inflation affects, um, affects virtually every product and service, okay? For example, in 1970, a cup of coffee was 25 cents. Wow, 25 cents, right? Um, since then, the price has increased to an average of 159. Another example in the increase of cost, and here, another example is the increase cost in haircuts for men a haircut 50 or 60 years ago 
will only cost a few dollars. Now the average haircut for a man is about $28. Wow, that's, I didn't even know that, right? I know hair, you know, hairstyles go up or, you know, for women, you know, you get your hair washed and blow dried or whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway, inflation may, t- may make you spin your head while shopping, but a small amount of inflation is healthy and could be a good thing. For example, it can push wages up or make a mortgage or a car payment more affordable, this, that, and other. Okay. So that's inflation. You guys inflation, when money gets put into the economy becomes available, uh, for certain circulation, then the purchasing power of the single dollar drops as the value of the currency decreases, the price of goods and services increase you guys. And so from March, to April to now, a lot of money went out really, really fast. So if you think about it, if that money went out fast into circulation fast, where there, you know, there was a deficit of, of money in circulation in the year 2020. And then all of a sudden, bam, one month, you have billions and billions of dollars going out. What do you think? Oh my gosh. Okay, so what's the effect of that? And that's what I want to know because I'm always thinking about, you know, the rental industry. What's going to happen to the rental industry with this inflation situation? Okay, so what I did was I found an article in Forbes and the the, um, title of that article is, let's see, the title of that article is the the three predictions for the rental industry. Um, and housing market in 2021. So you're like, okay, so what's that doing inflation? You'll, you'll see in a minute, right? So, um, what they have, well, okay, here's the information they have. I'm only reading about a paragraph. This is a story from Forbes. And so as of November, a date of aggregated, um, a date, uh, data aggregated from over 600,000 rentals in the United States shows nearly a 30% drop in rent payments um, received paired to compared to the same period in March before the pandemic hit while the federal and, leg, uh, and the state legislators put in place a result of the pandemic has been okay I'm sorry while the federal and state legislation put into place as a result of the pandemic we're talking about the eviction moratoriums um has been critical to protecting tenants uh, struggling with widespread layoffs and income loss. Unfortunately, side effects is that these regulations are inhibiting the natural course of the move in and move out and eviction cycle. Okay, so what they're saying is the housing market, there the the renters, there are no available. Well, okay, let me put this right. The amount of available rentals, yeah, it's pretty much almost zero, okay? there There's not available renters. And because tenants would have, the tenants that were not paying would have been pretty much evicted already and there would have been a turnover. But since the federal and state moratoriums kept the tenants in the apartments and the rental um, units for a year, then that means, okay... Um, there, they, there are no turnover. 
So not only is there no rent, there there's also no turnovers, okay? So mm, what will happen, right? So this writer uh, of this article from Forbes is saying, my experience as a landlord, a real estate investor, and a founder of a company focused on property management leads me to believe that we're dealing with an unnatural inflation of housing needs that the nation has never experienced before, which could cause another housing crisis similar to the housing crash, the 2008 housing crash. Now, the results of the 2008 housing crash are um, these market rent prices. The market rent prices have risen up to 93% and since 2008 in some states like Texas, right? And so, I mean, just to name a state or California, it's risen in two, 10 years. So think about what's good, what it's going to, what's going to happen to the market rates, um, in just one year. Now that crash that happened in 2008, that was a result of over, I mean, oh my gosh, all of these different more, the mortgage, oh gosh, I don't want to put the plane. I don't want to do the blame game. Okay. That's why I'm like, I mean, I got kind of tied tongue, but that was a result of, oh gosh, high interest rates. Um, people are getting mortgages at unbelievable interest rates and so forth. And then they couldn't pay their mortgages. And, um, it was, there was another inflation in that housing market. Okay. So that is an example of an inflation. And so what happened when it all, it just burst, that market burst, then people end up losing their homes. Okay. That was in 2008, right? So this eviction moratorium, right? Okay. So I'm going to go down a little bit. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my break and then I will get to the part of the article that I really want to read. And another part that I really want to read is from, um, the department of labor. All right. Um, see you guys soon. So it's that time. I want to take a little break, but I'll be right back. I won't be no more than about two, three minutes. Thank you. I am back. So let's keep this party moving and dive right into this information. Okay. So I'm just going to keep moving. I did um, get that part of the article that I really wanted to focus on. And of course, my computer just, yeah. Okay. Eviction moratoriums are creating inflated um, occupancy rates. So state opposed, it goes, the article goes on to say from Forbes, state imposed eviction moratoriums have allowed tenants to stay in their rentals for nearly a year now, whether they are paying or not, whatever. This is helpful for renters struggling with income loss, but definitely a disruption in the natural uh, eviction cycle. Okay. So units that would have been historically become available if a tenant could no longer afford to rent are now um, remaining occupied. 
having a um, cascading effect that lowers the vacancy rates dramatically. Even the most qualified renters are struggling to find vacant rentals. So that's why in Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation, we're like um, trying to get our tenants or our members to work out, you know, get into a payment arrangement, get into the eviction prevention program because these second chance rentals, they're almost obsolete. Okay. They're almost obsolete. And although Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation is continually to, uh, continuing to um, find second chance rentals, if you're in your apartment and you're already in your apartment and we can save your apartment, we want to try to save that apartment because you moving, that, that, uh, that's becoming almost impossible. And not only is that becoming almost impossible, but then if you get an eviction on your name and you got to move, are you kidding me? No, 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 no. You're putting yourself in a situation where, um, you could be, you remain homeless or staying with other people for, uh, two to five years. And why did you want to, why would you want to take that chance? Okay. That's not what this is about right now. You know, I'm going to get to that, but okay. So. They're saying when the eviction moratoriums are lifted and the landlords uh, began to pursue evictions for non-payment of rent, it's not likely that we will see um, a, it is not unlikely that we will see a housing market crash. Tenants who have not been able to pay rent will be tens of thousands of dollars in debt to their landlords who themselves may find themselves forced to defer to default on their own mortgage payments. The rental market could be flooded with vacancies as a supply, with vacancies as supply of re-renters. Okay. Um, let's see, as the, let's see, uh, sorry, you guys. The rental market can be flooded with vacancies as supply re-enters the market. However, the supply has to re-enter the market. It's not the sub- we they don't have vacancies or the vacancies are scarce because the tenants are still in their apartments, right? And so they don't have a turnover. So looking ahead, they're saying during the 2008 housing crisis, we saw homes um we we saw homes lose 30% of their value. And it's nearly impossible to say that this will happen when the COVID-19 does settles as the world has never faced a challenge like this before. Throughout 2020, our nation has struggled to find a place between keeping Americans safe and healthy and keeping the economy safe and healthy. In the end of the day, in order for the housing market to return to normal, the natural cycle of turnovers need to return. Wow. This will require unemployment rates to drop down to closer to pre uh, pandemic levels. So renters can be able to pay rent as they normally would. And all of us in the real estate space will be watching the market closely. So anyway, um, you guys, it's all about inflation. And so I read another article that was saying, because of the lack of available units, the rental prices are going to go up, right? So yes, I'm talking about inflations with the rental prices and things of that nature, but I'm also talking about inflations with regular products, you guys. I mean, okay, 
So if your if your rent goes up, you know that's going to be a problem because the the rent to the market rent it has already outpriced minimum wage workers, and it was a lot of minimum wage workers that were laid off during the pandemic. They were struggling to pay their rent already, okay? And then here this go. So now the rental prices are going to go up. And so I talked to you about, in the beginning, I talked to you about the 2008 housing market crash um, caused the rental prices to go up. And in 10 years, the rental prices rose as steep as 93%. But we have 10 years worth of damage happened in one year one year so it's almost gonna look like if you're looking at a graph it's gonna look like the graph is gonna take a a steep um a steep um increase like if the graph starts if the number the line start at the bottom it's just gonna go straight up it's gonna almost look like straight up straight up from one to from one to a hundred straight up right that's what it would look like if I was able to show you a graph of what I'm talking about. So now we're going to get to the inflation on the regular products. Okay. So this um, story that I'm reading right now, I'm going to read a blurb of, out of this story that is coming from K-N-O-E-M-A. Dot com k-n-o-e-m-a dot com and it says the u.s inflation forecast for 2021 2020 and long term to 2030 so i don't i'm not gonna read everything because it would take too long for me to read that and they use some terms that i would have to explain to you so i'm not gonna read everything right but i do have something that i do um a poor a portion that I want to read to you. So they have some bullet points. And in those bullet points, they say, according to the survey of the economists by Bloomberg, inflation in 2021 will be muted due to the slack in the labor market. But it also goes on to say, according to the U.S. Uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics, in March 2021, the U.S. unemployment rate was... 6%, which is 1.6% higher than the year before. A one-year inflation expect, um, expectations increased to 3% in December and the New York Fed's um, survey of consumer um, expectations. The U.S. G- GDP representing the country's aggregated demand increased by 4.3% in the fourth quarter of 2020, according to the U.S. Bureau of Economics. The current U.S. CPI inflation, which is released by the U.S. BLS, averaged 1.68% in February of 2020. So what they're saying is the Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, in its latest meeting in March 17, 2021, forecasted that the personal consumption expenditures, that's PCE, personal consumption expenditures, inflation rate in the United States were average at 
2.4% in 2021, then decreased to 2.1% in 2023. The U.S. Federal um, Reserve System's monetary policymaking body. So the Federal Open Market Committee, FOMC, is the U.S. Federal Reserve um, System's monetary um, policymaking body. So they have a meeting quarterly. They have quarterly meetings, right? And this was the first quarter's meeting, and this is the information that's coming from the first quarter's meeting, you guys. So I know all of these terms, I mean, PCE, personal consumption expenditure, expenditure, things like that. But in order for me to get this information out, then the people that really need this information, they'll understand what I'm talking about. And if you are someone that that's listening and you don't really follow this information, then I really, really need you to listen to the podcast again, take notes and do your own research because we're in the information technology era. It's all out there. Okay. So just moving right along. PCE is the personal consumption expenditures. The PCE inflation refers to the percentage change in the personal consumption expenditures price index. It is used by the Federal Reserve as a primary measure of inflation and then determining inflation goals. Other agencies such as the International Monetary Fund, United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs, organizations for economic um, and cooperation and development, the European um, Commission, the U.S. Department of Agriculture gives inflation forecasts in the terms of the consumer price index. So that's the MPI, that's the CPI, consumer price index. Due to the differences in the basket of goods considered, the two inflation measures are not identical, right? However, right, uh, the CPI inflations have been on an average of 0.5% of uh, 5% points higher than the PCE inflation. So the PCE inflation is supposed to, it's a, um, it will average 2.4, but it's only, so the difference between the PCE inflations, which is the personal consumption expenditures and the difference between the CPI, um, inflations, you guys, I'm, Keep keep up, okay. Uh, the consumer price index is five a zero point five percent difference. So, zero point five percent difference. So, if you think about zero point five percent difference, and the PCE inflation rate was um, expected to be two point four, then that means the CPI inflation rate should be one point nine or something like that, right? Different agencies predict um, differ. But most put, um, but most put U.S. CPI inflations within the range of 1.6 percent to 2.8 percent in 2021, and around 2.2 percent uh, in 2020. Almost all agencies will concur in predicting that the CPI inflation will decrease in 2020 compared to 2021 over the long term. However, you guys, we're getting ready to see inflation. You guys understand that? That means all the products, they're going to go up. This is what I'm telling you guys. So the products, so so the rental prices, they're trying to, you know, get that inflation 
um, in the housing market with the rent prices. And that's due to, you know, not having a lot of turnovers, uh, landlords, they're going to try to recover their money best that they can. Okay. So that's happening. And then the inflations that we're going to see with the products I'm talking about. Um, so we're talking about regular products, eggs, um, coffee, um, milk, sugar, everything's going to increase there. You're going to see an inflation in those prices. Um, soon, very, very soon. They have to because they put a, a lot of money into the economy in one month when you you go from not having that money in 2020 to putting it all, the lump sum of it, into the economy in one month. And so having all of those dollars circulating like that, it's just going to cost so much more money for people to uh, get everything that they need. You know, you know, go shop, go grocery shopping. Um uh, I read um, how a, a man's haircut today is $28 and it used to be a couple dollars uh, 50, 60 years ago. So you guys, I can't say enough. Um, I'm out. You know, this is it. This is my show for today. And I want to end on this note. You guys have to get into Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation Eviction Prevention Program. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I don't want you to get evicted, okay? People owe arrears of tens of thousands of dollars. In one year, I mean, if your rent was $2,500 a month, which is a median rent for Texas, Arizona, California, then, and that was just, that's just for a two-bedroom. We're not talking about New York. And so those people, they, those families, they owe about $30,000 in one year. And if your rent was $1,000 a month, then you owe $12,000. Now, of course, they put all that money into the economy. Um, and, and that's not nearly enough for you to pay all of your arrears, but they do have rental assistance. And uh, don't get me wrong, each state was only able to get about $800 million in rental assistance, but, you know, they, they have lotteries. You know, they're doing lotteries. And those lotteries, um, most of those lotteries look like this. You know, they're giving people uh, $5,000 in arrears, right? Because they can only give so many people $5,000, right? in the rears. And so they're giving, you know, out $5,000 in the rears. But I told you guys last, uh, not last week, because we had a guest last week. It was awesome. I told you guys um, two episodes ago that, you know, I was reading all these stories and man, there, there were stories of people getting the $5,000 rental assistance and the landlord was still evicting them because even if you get that $5,000 rental assistance and you owe 7,000, the landlord could still evict you for $2,000. Okay. So get into apartment housing rentals foundation eviction prevention program. Go to www.theapartmentlady.org www.theapartmentlady.org. Get into our rental assistance. Um, Oh, well, get into our eviction prevention program. And all you have to do is scroll up and click anywhere where it says become a member. You become a member 
and we'll get you into the eviction prevention program. Our eviction prevention program is state of the yard. We can handle uh, over 10 million um, cases at one time due to this new software that we have. So we're so, so excited about that. But what's going to happen when you get into that eviction prevention program is we're going to get you into a payment arrangement with your landlord. Okay. Now, you know, apartment housing rentals foundation is known for second chance rentals. And I did just say that due to this upcoming inflation on rental prices and due to a low um, number of turnovers, units are pretty much scarce. I mean, and, and landlords, they're not trying to rent right now because of these uh, federal eviction moratoriums. I mean, they have tenants that's not paying rent. The tenants are being protected for not paying rent. And they're just, they're gun shy on renting the units. They're, they'd rather sit on the units than rent it because I mean, they get the landlords, they actually get a tax credit for empty units. So, I mean, their units are worth more right now, empty, than it is having someone sit in there and not pay rent. So, I'm trying to um, push Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation members into staying in your unit if you can. Because getting into another unit, that's that's kind of slim right now. It's slim pickings right now, you guys. So go to www.theapartmentlady.org, www.theapartmentlady.org, and get into the eviction prevention program. I will see you guys. Um, I will talk to you guys. How about that? I'll talk to you guys next week. And it's time for affordable housing. This is your host, LaShondra Graves. <laughs>